It's the Full Court Press with Eric Franson and Jason Walker. Welcome back to the, uh, you know, to the to the show that we're doing right now. Following the local teams, breaking down the biggest games with in-depth analysis and team interviews. There's going to be much higher expectations, sense of awareness of what uh, we bring to the table. Join the show by calling into 435-752-1069 or text 435-339-0321. It's the Full Court Press. Throws, ends up, yes. touchdown, did he get it? Welcome back, Hour 2 of the Full Court Press. Jason Walker here with our guest host, Jacob Nielsen, filling in for Eric Franson, who's off and... He's off complaining about uh, his flights, apparently. <laughs> um, but Napa Auto Parts, they sponsor the uh, Above the Noise uh, from Dan Patrick that you heard just moments ago. Uh, get yourself prepared for the winter. You can get help from your any of these locally owned Napa Auto Parts. Uh, antifreeze, fuel stabilizer, ice melt, Rain-X and Trico silicone wiper blades, Napa Legend and Legend Premium batteries, all available at your locally owned Napa Auto Parts. So we were closing off the end of last hour and it caused us to go long on some of our segments and so we had a quick turnaround at the end of the hour but uh, we were talking about the lawsuit that was filed against utah state we won't spend too much more time on this we do have a couple of texts that i want to read and and uh, get some of your guys' thoughts on that and anyone can text in on this or any of the other topics we're talking about at uh 435-339-0321 always appreciate your input and we've gotten quite a few texts today um I lost the paper that had all the lawsuit stuff written on it. The article that I printed out. Um, but yeah, so one of the texts we had from 4781. Um, pretty long text. said, to me as an outsider, uh, this Maddox guy seems to be someone who feels he should have gotten more playing time and he's looking for ways to get other compensation by this. If there was bullying going on back then and the coaches didn't do anything, file a police report. I'm sure as an adult that whatever was happening to him was probably illegal. Uh, be an adult and act like one. Don't expect others to fix your problem. Just my opinion. And then he also added, why wait until now to do all this? Um, and I, you know, it, it is worth noting that Maddox stands to gain financially from this lawsuit. It must be noted. Ascribing his entire motive to compensation is quite the accusation. And obviously, uh, 4781 isn't the only person um, to, you know, have this opinion. I've seen it around uh, in, in the short time that we've had to react to this. And granted, lawsuits have like this have been made for financial reasons. I certainly don't hope that's the reason. Of course, the problem is you either have to hope that he's just going for money or... The other possibility, you know, I guess there's other possibilities. One of the biggest other possibilities is that he's not lying and all this terrible stuff has happened. It's why these situations are hard because you either have, you have to hope that something bad has happened. You know, you're either hoping that one guy's lying or that the other people are awful. It's never a good situation. Um, and I don't want to place accusations on either side. At this point, we just have to, you know, it's our job as the news to report that this stuff is happening. This is how it is. Um, try not to take sides. Try not to point fingers until we have the whole story. And at this point, we've seen the one side. We'll see what the other side has to say. Uh, 9 through 5, he also texts in on, on the subject. He says, I, I hope nobody uh, goes the route with it on USUS guilty until proven innocent. 
Um, and he hopes that uh, he says then waits until we have all the facts. Uh, he says we can see we're guilty until innocent uh, got people with the BYU volleyball thing. And uh, I, I certainly jumped too quick on BYU with that volleyball thing. I basically had to issue an apology on air because, and I had to learn my lesson in that case because I jumped on it too quickly. I mean, this is another case where we've seen some pretty damning accusations. You know, let's wait. You know, wait and see. And 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 one thing. When it comes to a lot of things, there's a whole talk about Me Too and sexual assault and things like that. A lot of people, they talk about believing. And I'm going to try not to open that can of worms. But for me, when it comes to something like this, don't ignore either way. Take it seriously. That's why I say take it seriously and let's get to the bottom of this. I think the absolute most important thing, and I would say that people at Utah State feel the same way about this, is the safety of the student body and the safety of people that attend the school and in the Cache Valley. And so with stuff like this, the root of this, it's more about how Patrick Maddox was treated by releasing um, releasing those, those tapes, right, from the private meeting that happened back in August. But the genesis of all this is issues that have happened, and he feels like there's a culture with the football team that is inappropriate, right? And so when we're talking about things like this that actually have legitimate impact on individuals' lives, it absolutely has to be taken very, very seriously. And I think that for my time, we've both worked for the university in the past in a facet, working for st- their student media and stuff. And I would say I, I do believe that the university does care about this and does care about the safety of their students. In times at the university, I've had to take several different courses about this to be to work for the university I've had to. Now, how are they going to handle yet another chapter in this whole issue that's ongoing? We shall see. But uh, no, it's uh, big news up on the hill yeah, in the yeah. Cash Valley today. And you mentioned both of us have worked with the university and the people, we, you're right, the people we have worked with have cared. You know, that, that's been our experience is the people at the university do care. The worry is, does everyone care? And I guess maybe that's the, the trick we're running with, is we, we work with wonderful people at the university who care about all these things, uh, you know, professors and things like that, but, you know, it only takes a few people, I guess, in this case. Uh, one more text, then we're going to move on to some uh, some different Utah State uh, stuff. Uh, 4781, he texts in uh, again. He says, the other thing I find it hard to believe is when Maddox says that Anderson said that he made a mistake and the players could punish him as they see fit. For some who, uh, for someone who, for some who has lost his kid to suicide, I find it hard that Anderson would be the ringleader of the bullying. Don't get me wrong; if this is all true, I hope he wins. But to me, I feel like it's a little bit of a money grab. And it, it is tricky just trying to balance all these allegations: are they true? Are they not? And so it's like, you know, we we try to theorize. And it's hard. We try and balance it between allegations we've seen in the past. We try and balance it with what you know me and you know about Blake Anderson, the stuff we've because we've both had conversations with him. And you know the impression I've got is that Anderson is a good man, but we don't know Anderson the person fully. We don't know his you know who he really is. We just have an impression of him. So it can be really tricky. I would say. Um read the story you know a lot of things like this people read headlines they hear things sit down the Salt Lake Tribune the story that was published today sit down and read it it's kind of long 
but it's uh, it's worthwhile. Yeah, so two nine five one. He's texting in. He's he's asking what we're covering. Um, I'm sorry. We uh, I mentioned at the top of the hour. Obviously, just tuning in. Obviously, you wouldn't know. So uh, it's about the uh, lawsuit filed against Utah State by a former football player, uh, Patrick Maddox. He's a former uh, linebacker, technically striker, is uh, the position at Utah State. Their terminology. Um, he filed a lawsuit. Basically, uh, he was the one who leaked the uh, audio file uh, right before the L.A. Bowl last year, the one that uh, was uh, – it had a recording of a meeting that Utah State had in 2021. They were talking about uh, sexual assault and um, just various different things, trying, basically a training in a way for the Utah State football players and, and everything. The same kind of training that a lot of uh, Utah State students and, and staff go through. Um just making sure that, you know, rape doesn't happen. So that, and uh, Maddox alleged that, uh, he alleged a lot of things, but the long and short of it being that he was basically bullied into quitting the team, and that the coaching staff and administration didn't help him. Um, so, and you can, re- you can read the whole article, the Salt Lake Tribune published it uh, around noon today, so you can go and check that out. Um, keep getting texts on this. I know we want to move on to some things, but this is a big topic, and it's something that that kind of does need to be discussed. Um, Four seventy one. He's had he's had a lot to say uh, on this topic. He says uh, the other thing is is if it was this bad, why would he be the only one speaking up? Nowadays, you get a lot of people backing people up instantly. Has there been anyone to do that? Asking because I honestly don't know. And so you know a few things with four seven eight one. You know one thing he said earlier in the text was you know he's trying to. You know, talking about filing a police report, and Maddox alleges that you know he tried to get it done by asking for help from the administration, but they didn't help him. The coaches uh, didn't help him. Um, and then with this, as far as speaking up, well, his one of the allegations he mentions in the story, or at least one of the things he mentioned, it wasn't just an allegation. He said that there were other players who texted him after he left, saying, you know, they were kind of grateful that he stood up. And those players felt like they couldn't say anything. Again, that's the allegation that Maddox is making. He's saying there are people still in the locker room who are kind of, you know, on his side, but felt they couldn't step forward. And so in that way, he's alleging a toxic environment where nobody can stand up to this alleged, you know, bullying people who took Maddox's side and that he leaked the, uh, the audio. So... Again, it's it's a complex situation, and I, and I I hope a lot of these things aren't true. But that also does mean I'm hoping a man is a liar, and I don't like I don't like hoping that about anybody. Yeah, I think uh, further investigation from the legal side of things will be taken care of. Obviously, there is a loss too, but then also from the media um, to really get the full story on this, we need to. Obviously, here Blake Anderson's side of the story and the universities, but also, I think it would be worth reaching out to other players anonymously. And if there are, if the entire team does not back Patrick Maddox, or they do, that says something as well. So that's something to yeah keep an eye out for is wh- who's going to open up about things, and that that could really give us intel into really what has happened in regards to the situation that happened over the offseason. Yeah, so if things start to leak, then it, it, it could certainly get ugly. Um, 
because yeah, corroboration of these, like I said, right now it's a it's a one sided story, and so that's why I can't really make any definitive statements on these. I just have to say, well, this is the situation. This is how it is. We'll see how it goes. That's how the Tribune, you know, put it too. That these are allegations. Um, I will say, the Tribune. They one of the things they do is they ask the university for comment and they don't receive a comment but it was interesting they said we reached out to the university on thursday for comment yeah if they so, they really should have if so, this article wasn't written today this has been taking months and months to get put together and i understand the journalistic process you don't want to leak that you're going to drop something but reaching out thursday morning hey we're going to drop this and then going forward with it at noon if that's not a prop for something like this that's not really a fair time to say, Hey, we'll offer your side of the story as well. So, yeah, it, it is hard. Cause, cause I mean, I, af- this afternoon I reached out to the university, uh, channel sports information. And that was like three hours ago. They haven't gotten back to me, but you know, that, that's kind of understandable. I, I had I'm to sure you're first, you're first on their list. I know. I like, they're definitely going to respond to me. They'll, they respond quick in other points, but for something like this, they have to, again, they're dealing with a PR nightmare right now. So, uh, a few more texts, uh, 9 through and 5. Uh, texting on this is, how come Maddox didn't transfer to a different school? Because uh, I believe he's actually still at Utah State. I think he's still finishing his degree. I think. I'm not 100% sure. But it seemed like that from reading the article that he might still be at Utah State. Uh, just as a student who had his scholarship taken away. Um, and so, yeah, 9 through 5 saying, why, is, why didn't he didn't transfer if he can still play football? And... Um, from reading, it seems like he's suffered some injuries. Uh, that his final season here was cut short by injury. Maybe that's it. But I couldn't answer that question, unfortunately. But I don't know. Uh, four seven eight one. Uh, you're saying that's fair. Um, I think it was when I was talking about uh, just a couple minutes ago. I said I hope we can get to a point where people will care about what's right and standing up uh, to wrong things instead of worrying about retaliation from the administration. I get that some people are on scholarship, but nowadays you can get a lot of public backing instantly if you stand up for yourself and others. So yeah, I think I think I think most of us are on the same page if we want to see where this is going. We don't want to take any drastic, you know, steps against the university. Despite what you know the the not so great record they have, we don't want to immediately attack the university. We'd rather not attack Maddox's character. But. We want to get all sides. And I think that's a good way to approach this. All right. So all that, all that more, that, there, there's just so much to, un, you, you kind of want to unpack, but you can't because it would involve making assumptions we don't want to make. But we have other Utah State stuff. Uh, we're going to take a quick break and we'll kind of reset on the other side of this break. You've got Utah State soccer. They're actually playing right now, I believe. Uh, They're playing a key game. We'll come back and we'll have Jacob go over that, some of the big implications of this game going on right now. We'll be back after this on 106.9 The Fan. Hey, it's Jackson with Mountain West Motor. We love the Cache Valley. Thank you for all of your support since we opened in February. Every one of our rigs is built for your adventure. We invite you to stop by at 615 North Main when thinking about a new rig. At Mountain West Motor, we have Ford Broncos, Ram TRXs, but also keep in mind we have great price point rigs starting at 20 k Check our website for current inventory and pricing at mwmotor.com. And for news and events, follow us on Instagram at mwmotor.co. Mountain West Motor, built for your adventure. 
This is Jarek with Jarek's Fine Jewelry. This October is our 14th year anniversary. So to celebrate, we want to treat you to an anniversary date. Make it a date night on us. Come engagement ring or anniversary ring shopping at Jarek's Fine Jewelry. We have thousands of designs to choose from, including the newest custom designs. With no strings attached and no purchase necessary, we will buy your dinner at Bloom Eatery. The entire month of October, come in ring shopping and Bloom is on us. Make date night special. Make it Jarek's. What's more important than sleep? Granted, some things are, but not many. This is Ryan at My Mattress, and here we offer the best solution to better sleep, a better mattress. IntelliBed, the gel mattress, cradles your hips and shoulders while providing the best back support possible. Or come in and choose a Tempur-Pedic that boasts 93% of their owners love their bed. My Mattress, offering the best sleep possible by the South Walmart. Clean it up and get it out before the snow flies. Don't wait another winter. Let DD Auto and Salvage pay you for that junk vehicle. DD Auto and Salvage makes it so easy and fast to get rid of your junker vehicles by paying you the most money possible. Pickup is available. If you have metal, DD Auto and Salvage and Logan wants to pay you today. Call 787 1204. That's 787 1204 today. See store for details. Don't get caught without power after a windstorm or a major winter freeze. Golden Spike Electric offers Generac backup generators so you can be prepared and keep your home warm while avoiding frozen pipes. Golden Spike Electric is one of the largest Generac dealers around, so you know it'll be installed right. Whether you're a homeowner or an electrician, contact Golden Spike Electric to rest easy the next time the power goes out. Online at gsegenerators.com or call 435-257-3016. They also service other models. I'm Matt Neverett. We're joined on the Week 9 edition of This Week in the Mountain West by Colorado State Head Coach Jay Norvell to highlight what he called a character win against Hawaii last week. Fresno State play-by-play man Paul Leffler stops by, and we recap Week 8 and take a look ahead to the shortened Week 9 schedule around the Mountain West Conference. It's all this week here on the Mountain West Radio Network. Friday afternoon during the Full Court Press on Sports Talk Radio 106.9 FM, 1390 AM, The Fan. Join the show by calling 435-752-1069 or text 435-339-0321. It's the Full Court Press with Eric Franson and Jason Walker. Full Court Press here on 106.9 The Fan, Jason Walker and our guest host, Jacob Nielsen. He's in for Eric Franson for the day. Just finished our rather heavy discussion on allegations and lawsuits, but we want to go to something uh, nice and fun. Utah State soccer. They're playing right now in a, in a very big game. So, Jacob, let's uh, enlighten us on uh, what's going on right now. Yeah, so Utah State soccer right now is in a pivotal end of the regular season matchup it's senior night they're home at the bell against Boise State and so here's the deal here's how it goes with soccer in the Mountain West is there's an end of the year tournament tournament similar to the basketball tournament right except for instead of everybody getting it only six teams make the Mountain West tournament and so Utah State right now is standing at seventh in the standings at four three and three with 15 points and you know there has there's been a ton of parity in the league this year because Wyoming leads the conference with 20 points. Utah State's at 7th 
with 15th. That's the, dif- the difference of just a goal <laughs> here and there. It's just, that's just a couple of games. Just a couple of games. Yeah, so it's uh, it's been wild. But anyways, Utah State's hosting Boise State. Boise State is their fifth right now with 16 points, right? And so Utah State, essentially how it all shakes out, they have to win this game in order to make the tournament. If they lose, their season ends. And even better for those of us who don't love our regional friends to the uh, to the Northwest, Utah State wins this game, they knock Boise State out of the tournament, most likely. And so Utah State right now is up 2-0 to zero in the second half. Uh, we're 55 minutes into the second half, 80-minute games. Sammy Murdoch scored a goal in the first half, and then right as we were on break, Rene Yon- Yonaha, I, that's another name I butchered. Yeah, exactly. well, Yikes. We had the discussion on names. It's <laughs> another one. Yeah, so anyways, Utah State is leading 2-0 in this pivotal game, and it's looking like they're going to get the win and make the Mountain West Conference tournament. So big stuff for uh, Manny Martin's crew at the bell. And uh, so, yeah, looking good for women's soccer right now. Yeah, Manny Martin's done a pretty good job. Uh, this is his second year at Utah State. Um, so he had a big turnaround year last year and not quite as good this year, but still solid. Um, looking like they're going to get into the uh, the conference tournament. Uh, again, they, they still have, uh, what is it, 20 minutes? Because they do 80 minute games, right? 40 minute halves. Oh, you know, they, I said 80 prior. I believe it's actually 90 minutes. 90 minute 80, games? We've, been, we've both been covering some high school soccer, yeah. <laughs> and that's 80 minutes. So we've been getting them confused a little bit. Yeah, so, 90, so that'll give them about a half hour to go on this game. So as long as they don't give up two goals, because a tie would keep them out of the tournament, right? That's right. So they have to win. Um, so as long as they don't give up the two goals, or I guess they, they can give up two goals as long as they score another one. That's right. But they haven't been a super high-scoring team ever since they're, they're hot. They had a hot start, and they scored a lot of goals, and then they kind of cooled off a little bit. Yeah, so they, you know, they've been a really good defensive team. Uh, the, really what they're missing is a piece in the midfield that can really put it together and deliver some offense. And that piece last year was Ashley Cardozo, yeah. right? She's one of the greatest Aggie soccer players in history. She signed a deal with a club in France and obviously graduated. And so they've been missing her production. Um, they've had some great players like Sammy Murdoch, who got the goal in the first half. So there's just been a couple of games where, you know, I believe I don't have the schedule in front of me, but somebody told me they haven't lost a game by more than a goal this entire season, which is pretty incredible. So they've been competitive, but a lot of the games have not gone their way in large part because they haven't been able to score goals. I covered one game. They were playing Colorado College, which happens to be a Mountain West team specifically for women's soccer and hockey, yeah, this is kind of which true. is kind of odd. Anyways, they outshot Colorado College 13-2, to two, I believe. They lost that game 1-0. to zero. So they've had a, tuple, a couple of tough results that haven't gone their way, but uh, you know they have the talent. So if they win this game today against Boise State, like we mentioned, they're up 2-0 in the second half, then they put themselves in a chance where they could, uh, if they can get hot, they theoretically could... Uh, make a run in this tournament. Yeah. So you were correct in, in that stat you listed off where they haven't lost a game by more than a goal. Yeah, they have a couple of one O's, a couple of two ones, and that's pretty much it. Um, so, yeah, great defensive team, and, and you're missing Ashley Cardoza's was huge. She's one of the best, you know, soccer like I've seen a lot of great soccer players here in the Valley between high school and college, and she really has to be the best that I've, you know, seen live here in, in the Valley. Uh, just absolutely great. 
probably the only thing she was missing that kept her from being like you know in the NWSL and whatnot is she, you know, she doesn't quite have the size or speed of those pros. She was she was not a super fast player, but technically speaking, she was brilliant. It was like night and day, how how good she was on the ball. Yeah, so. technically sound, just her control of the ball. And now I'm going to sound like I can speak about soccer really well. <laughs> just her control of the ball and just, uh, you know, she was just the glue for the entire team. And every possession, she led the team in goals. But everything that happened, every offensive rush that was created, she was involved with it. And so, yeah, maybe she didn't have the height or just the pure, the raw speed. But in terms of just technical sound soccer, she was among the best in the country at the yeah. amateur level. Yeah, she she was definitely incredible. So, yeah, we'll see if they can they can fill that void in, in the coming years. They have a lot of players from Cash Valley on that team, and so I, I've actually seen a lot of these players playing in high school. Busy Arevalo, London Miller, I think Murdoch was out of. Uh, did she come from? I think she came from like Green Cane or something like that. I may yeah. I may be Sammy Murdoch, I believe Ridgeline High School. Oh, Ridgeline. Okay, mm-hmm. yeah, it was, it was one of the guys. I think there's like seven of them. Yeah, no, they come from the local valley. Talent for sure. So, although Busy Revelo spent one year at uh, my alma mater, Davis High, go darts. Jason puts his hand over his heart <laughs> when he speaks of his of his former high school. Go darts, which he didn't even get invited to his ten year. I know that's, that's, that's the contribution I made to that high school. <laughs> I was just there. <laughs> so yeah, so that's Utah State soccer. Great things going on there. Uh, the women's programs, you know, I mentioned this before have made a great turnaround the last few years and have been really good. The gymnastics program ended up, I believe, getting ranked last year. Uh, they did lose their head coach, so we'll see if they can uh, They, they can lost their head going. coach, and she took just about every contributing member of that team with her to Clemson. Yeah. It's, so they're, they're having to start over a little bit Yeah, gymnastics. So we'll see how that goes. They did bring in a coach who's got quite the pedigree because the – was it Amy Smith? Yeah, I was trying to remember. I remember she was – I always – had to be careful saying Coach Smith because it was also Craig Smith at the time when I was covering some of those gymnastic things. But yeah, Amy Smith uh, had the pedigree of you know being around a lot of the great programs uh, in the country, and uh, the incoming coach whose name I have now forgotten. I've heard it a couple of times, but she has a similar pedigree. I don't think it's the same schools, but she's been around some of the great programs. I think it was Oklahoma was one of the teams she was involved in, either played for or competed for, I guess might be the term, but uh, she was involved there. So hopefully she things might go interesting this year. You know, if you lose like you're in most of your contributing players, that can be hard to stomach in year one. But there's a reputation in this program that they're good, so you can maybe keep some of the recruits and then build it back up, the way Amy Smith built it up. Yeah, so, yeah, the, the new Utah State gymnastics coach, her name is Kristen White. She was an assistant at Arizona State the past couple of years. And to to Jason's point, she's been involved with several other programs, including Oklahoma and Iowa State. So someone with plenty of experience. Uh, we'll see uh, if they can keep up some of the success that the gymnastics program had last year. Yeah, it was, it was a great year last year. Um, it, it's been fun, you know, being able to cover and go to some of those events because they are some really good, really good uh, athletes. And um, then obviously volleyball, they made their turnaround. This is probably one of the worst programs Utah State for a few years. Now they're arguably the best. You know, they they won their conference last year, at least won a share of it, um, share of the regular season title. Then um, they're 
doing solid this year. I don't think they're on the top. but Yeah, they, they're in fourth place right now. Yeah. Just had a big win over the team that soccer's playing right now, Boise State. Yeah, Boise State. Yep. So, you know, solid there in, in volleyball. So, And then soccer still going uh, pretty solid. Football team's not uh, living up to their expectations. So some of these women's programs, they're, they're building solid programs. So, all right, we're going to take another break. When we come back, I want to talk a little about Utah State basketball because I want to get your opinion on some of the things. We've had conversations, me and Eric, but I want to get your opinion on some of these things. So we'll be back after this on 106.9 The Fan. Want to set yourself apart from the competition? The Leadership MBA at Utah State University will help you lead companies and drive change in your organization. You can attend in person in Logan on Thursday evenings or take an interactive online class. Complete your MBA in as little as a year. Apply before November 1st to be considered for a January start. Contact the MBA office for a waiver of the $55 application fee. Learn more at utahstatemba.com. That's utahstatemba.com. Advanced Heating and AC, the two-time gold medal winner in Best in Northern Utah. They're teaming up with Carrier Heating and Cooling. Carrier provides you the best furnace units available, and now's the best time to buy a new unit before the weather turns Cash Valley cold. Financing options are available. Turn to the experts at Advanced Heating and Carrier. Advanced Heating and Air Conditioning, 752-7272, or stop by their showroom west of DI and online at advancedheating-ac.com. We're not comfortable until you are Advanced Heating and Air. Alpine Home Medical has been around for over 25 years. Can you believe that? Hi, I'm Jay Broadbent. What keeps us coming to work every day? We're passionate about caring for you. From home and bathroom safety to transportation, mobility, recovery, oxygen, sleep, and more, come into any of our 10 locations today and let us take care of you. Alpine Home Medical, we bring wellness home. Visit us at alpinehomemedical.com. Are you a small business owner? Who's your bank? This is Bruce Rigby. I want to invite you to bank with us at Cash Valley Bank. We specialize in helping small business and we have great people. That's the Cash Valley Bank difference. Decisions made locally without all the red tape by people who care and know how to help small business. Cash Valley Bank, growing, expanding, and proud to have our roots firmly planted in Cash Valley. Cash Valley Bank, member FDIC. This is Teresa with Chem Drive Northern Utah. We are so excited to have won Best of Cash Valley again this year, and it's also our anniversary month, so we have lots to celebrate. We wanted to do a Customer Appreciation Month. Mention this ad while booking your October appointment and get a free world-famous spot cleaner on us. Thank you again, Cash Valley. Chem Drive of Northern Utah. Chem Drive of Northern Utah. 435-752-6100. If you're feeling dizzy or off balance, you're not alone. 35% of adults over 40 in the U.S. have a problem with their inner ear, and many conditions go undiagnosed and untreated. But there's hope. For more information, call 800-837-8428 or visit liferebalanced.org and discover a life rebalanced. That's 800-837-8428 or liferebalanced.org sponsored by the Vestibular Disorders Association. The Full Court Press on Sports Talk Radio, 106.9 FM, 1390 AM. The Fan.
Mountain West Motor uh, has a great selection of vehicles starting around $20,000. Visit their website for current inventory and pricing and make sure to follow them on Instagram for current promotions and events. Welcome back Full Court Press, Jason Walker, Jacob Nielsen, in for Eric Franson. Hour and a half into the show, time flies. When you're having fun, we were just talking about Utah State Soccer. They're, uh, they got a key game going on right now. They're up uh, 2-0 last time we checked the score. They're now into the uh, probably about the 69th or 70th minute, um, up 2-0. So they have until the you know 90-minute games for college soccer. Once you get past all the high schools who play 80 minutes and the little leaguers who play like 70 minutes. Um, we want to talk about Utah State basketball. And so we've had conversations, me and Eric, uh, about the basketball team, the preseason expectations. Partly because they're a little all over the place in some cases. Media poll comes out. Or it's just, you know, me and Eric, we both did kind of our own, like if we put in a ballot. And I put Utah State at sixth, which I thought was pushing it on the high end. I was admittedly saying this is an optimistic pick to put them at sixth that high. Eric had them at 8th. Media, preseason media poll comes out, and they have Utah State at 8th, right, where Eric put them. Well, the Ken Palm rankings come out, and based on those rankings, Utah State was the third highest team. They were, like, ranked 68th in the country or something like that, somewhere around there, which, you know, was behind Boise, or I think it was Boise State, or no, it was Wyoming and San Diego State. And then there are some betting lines that uh, we came across. And they had Utah State as the third highest odds to win the conference. Possibly because maybe they're going off a little bit off of Ken Palm. They may have been influenced by that, may not be completely independent on their own. But still, they trusted Ken Palm's analysis more than the preseason media poll. So I guess my thought is, like, you think they're the third best team? You think they have a chance? Or, <laughs> you know, at one point this offseason, I was not as optimistic. I've said this multiple times where I'm riding an optimistic streak where I've maybe talked myself out of some of the concerns I had and I'm maybe brushing them off. I don't know if I have good explanations for talking myself out of those concerns, but right now I'm thinking, you know, I'm getting more and more optimistic about this team. Well, you know, what are your thoughts? You know, Jason, this is when we know that the season's just got to start. When, we, <laughs> when the Jason Walker and the opinions he's had, he's flipped through the offseason, if, if he thinks whether or not Utah State's going to be good, we just got to see him start playing. Um, the, so the thing that I will say, uh, like you mentioned, you had him six in your preseason poll. Eric had him eighth. People are upset with the eighth ranking, and I can agree with that if you look at some of the teams that were in front of Utah State, like Fresno State and New Mexico. Are those guys really, do people think they're going to be better than Utah State? That was a little surprising to me, but think about it this way. Utah State had two players that were second team all Mountain West Conference last year, and Brandon Horvath and Justin Bean. They finished sixth place in the conference with those two players, I believe. So they were seventh. They finished seventh place. Anyways, those two guys graduated, right? So ignore the transfers that have come in, ignore the development, the return of the guards. If you just look and say, okay, the two best players from Utah State's team that finished seventh in the conference last year are no longer there. They're going to they're gonna be slightly worse, just looking at that on paper. I think they're going to do better than what they finished in conference last year. I don't think they're going to win the conference. 
I think they're going to be better than seventh. I think they're going to be better than than eighth, the preseason poll. But it makes sense just purely looking at the subtractions that they had this offseason. Yeah, it's it's a fair assessment. Yeah, and that's why I wasn't surprised too much by the eighth. For me, putting them at six was me feeling like I'd had a good analysis of this team and maybe ways they can overcome that. Because, you know, my concern was basically, as you just explained, where they lose their two best players, they lose basically the offensive engine they had or the people that were driving the offensive engine. Where Justin Bean was scoring, Horvath was, you know, really good in the post at, you know, at manufacturing points. And so who on this offense was going to manufacture points? I've talked myself into being a big Max Shulga believer. Uh, I, I very much believe he could come in and be the guy who drives the offensive engine, although I'm thinking it's not going to happen because I'm not sure Shulga's even going to be allowed to start. I feel like Coach Oda may go with RJ Idlerock and Sean Bairstow on the wing. Um, you know, I, I talked earlier on one of the shows this week about... Uh, I was talking about how maybe Sean Bairstow could maybe make a jump similar to what Justin Bean did, where he went from averaging 11 points for a couple of years. He then averaged 17 points. Now, through all these numbers together saying, hey, there's you know, a chance that Sean Bairstow could make a similar jump. I don't believe he'll make that jump, but I postulate that it's, it's, with, it's within the realm of possibility. It could happen just based off of an increase in volume. That's what let Justin Bean score more. Is he had an increase in volume and also a huge jump in three-point shooting. But, you know, we'll see. that. So I think there are ways in that this team could make a jump if Shulga and Bairstow both kind of make small jumps individually. Um, and if Taylor Funk comes in here and plays really well, if Dan Akin comes in and plays well, then there's a chance they could be a surprise. And for me, a surprise would be they finish third or fourth. Um, finishing 6th to 8th, that's about where I expect them to be. But there's a chance if the pieces fall into place and certain players make a jump, they can get much better this season, or at least slightly better. So I think that the team may have improved itself on the defensive side of the ball, and because of that, that's my greatest point of optimism with them. You lose Justin Bean, best rebounder on the team, was the leading scorer on the team, even though for most of his career, he was never really seen as that offensive playmaker, just more of the the glue guy that got the boards. But he, to your point, was able to transform his game. You lose him, yes, but something that uh, Ryan Odom talked about during the, the Mountain West media days last week was, hey, we added Dan Atkin, we added some of these guys, and we, we wanted a little bit more length and physicality on the defensive end. That's something that was talked about a little bit. And from what we've heard, I have not had opportunity to see the team practice yet. But from what we've heard, Dan Atkin, former UMBC uh, forward, right, that comes to Utah State via Cal Baptist. He's somebody who maybe has a little bit more of that. He doesn't have the same size as Brandon Horvath, but maybe a little bit more physical than he is. Um, and then you got Taylor Funk coming in from St. Joseph's, who is similar to Brandon Horvath in the sense that he's a 3 and D type of guy, but there's a little bit more on the emphasis on the D part of that 3 and D. Yeah. And he's also somebody that can rebound. I thought that Brandon Horvath last year, for as great as he was for the team in certain facets, thought he was a little soft, a little in stretches where we needed to see grit from that Aggie team, especially so many of these losses they had last year come down to the final possessions. 
you need personnel that can make big stops on those final possessions. We did not see that from last year's team, including guys like Brandon Horvath. And so maybe Taylor Funk and Dan Atkin throwing them into the front court can provide a little bit more disruption and perhaps maybe they get a few more stops on possessions than they did last season. Yeah, perhaps. And I know Odom has been glowing in his reviews of uh, Atkins' defensive versatility. He claims he can switch one through five. That might be a little dubious, (laughs) but uh, I have no reason to, to disbelieve him. I think at least two through five seems likely. Just looking at his athleticism, his profile, um, you know, he's a 6'9 center. That's the role he's going to play. He's probably going to be the starting center, so not great length at the center position. But I think versatility, and that's what makes me think Utah State can be good defensively, is versatility and length. Uh, as you kind of mentioned, length. You know, if, let, Let's say, let's go with the starting lineup that I'd like to see. I don't know if it'll, again, I don't know if it'll be the one that happens, but you, know, you have Ryland Jones out there, who's kind of a pest on defense. Let's say you have Max Shulga out there as well, who's, again, he's active on defense, and he's 6'4", good length for the two-guard. Sean Bairstow at 6'8", you know, 6'7", 6'8", depending on who you ask and how tall his shoes are. Uh, good length. Not a super great defensive uh, defensive guy, but he's got quickness. He's got length. Uh, Taylor Funk, who's he can pull his weight on defense. He's also 6'8", so he's still got length at that four spot. And then Atkin, not great length, but again, versatility. So there's length at a few positions. You know, power forward, small forward, and, and shooting guard or kind of nominally those positions. I know we're all going with positionless basketball and whatnot, but that's kind of what the roles they'd be playing, and you have good length there, and you have active players. Like, you could see Shulga and, you know, Akin, if they reach their highest potential, they're guys who could push for an all-defensive team. I think Akin at least. Shulga may be on the fringe there, but Akin could be an all-defensive guy. And if you have other guys who are playing good on defense, like Jones, again, he, he's physical and he's a bulldog, even though he's only six, you know, six foot flat. He's good on defense, and Shulga can be the same way. And Bearso can definitely pull his weight and maybe be a plus defender. And the same with Funks. This could be a really good defensive team, and and that is where a lot of my my own optimism lies. Just kind of think like what you said. Well, there's optimism this team can be good on defense, maybe even great, borderline elite, maybe elite in. Uh, relative to the conference. And if you have that, the margin for error with some of the offensive players gets a little wider, and it helps them out. <laughs> so, <laughs> sorry, I should have shut your mic off there. <laughs> so, um, yeah, so I, I think I have growing optimism of this team. I don't know if it's justified, but I kind of want it to be, because I'm seeing things where there's a possibility, and maybe that's why I'm, I'm grasping at the possibility I'm seeing. And I understand that it's only a possibility. It's not a guarantee. But I want to grasp at that and say, all right, I want this to happen. And, you know, like I said, if it does happen, this is going to be a good team. But things have to fall in place, you know, in, in ways where there's no guarantees. There's no guarantees that certain players are going to step up. There's no guarantees that certain players are going to fit in. So it's difficult for me to say that Utah State's going to be good, even though I kind of want them to be. Yeah, it's, there's one thing you alluded to that I wanted to touch upon. But first of all, the guard play, Ryan Odom, that, it's got to be the coaching staff's biggest job in the non-conference is to really figure out an ideal uh, rotation. And with 
the backcourt guys and who is going to help Utah State of the guards win the most games. And I'm kind of with you. I love Max Shulga. From what we've seen from him, especially last year, he's the best guard defender. Steven Ashworth is a stingy defender, but he doesn't have quite the same length as Shulga does. And I think Shulga is capable of producing offensively too. We just haven't seen him in consistent stretches, I feel like, really be able to do that. But I think the key for Utah State offensively, something that you alluded to earlier, is Sean Berstow, because I think he's the guy with the most tools to create for himself, right? Because that's something we talked about last year, um, along with some of the defensive failures. But it was a, a team that could move the ball well. Ryan Odom loved to talk about their assist to field goal percentage ratio, right? But there were games where you just needed a dude to go and get a bucket, and it felt like they didn't have that. And I think that Sean Berstow is the guy that is most equipped for that, being at 6'8", 6'7", give or take, as the guard, a guy that can beat guys off the dribble, but more so, he's somebody that can back down defenders and have turnarounds, and he can go to the hole aggressively. But here's the thing with Sean Berstow that is really the key, is his three-point shooting, right? That's really going to be a big storyline for the Utah State offense this year, if they're to produce at the level they need to to get into that top three echelon of the conference, they need Sean Berstow to be a 15-point-per-game, 16-17-point-per-game scorer that can score in the clutch minutes. But if he can't shoot from three, that's going to be tough because guys can back off of him. He can't get to the rim as well. And you look at his numbers, and this is a little bit concerning because when the sample size was smaller, he shot better. Um the 2020 to 21 season, his sophomore year, he was 10 of 26 from three-point range. That's 38.5%. That's That'll get the job done, but only 26 shots throughout the entire season. 2021 to 2022, he was 6 of 48, 12.5% from beyond the arc. Yeah, like I was saying, like if I went out there and shot three-pointers, that's about what I would shoot, 6 of 48, if I was lucky from that college line. Not a good three-point shooter. And so, yeah, the fact that it was frustrating because he's confidently taking them where he's shooting like two or three a game almost. And he's just not making them. He has all the confidence in it. It's like Brock Miller. Brock Miller had the confidence to shoot seven threes a game and only make one or two oh, of them. Oh, Brock Miller, he has never lacked confidence. That's yeah. something he's never been lacking in. So, and, and Barristor had that same confidence. And it's probably a good thing that he has that. Because maybe this year, if he gets that confidence back, and if he shoots, like, you combine his first two years on, on you know, what was the small sample size for both those years, I think if you combine the first two years, it's almost the same number of threes as last year, just alone. And if you combine those first two years, he's at 36%. If he hits that, that's fine. Like, college average is like 33 34%, I think. In the NBA, the average is like 35 So if he can hit, you know, college average, great. You know, it helps him, and it especially helps his slashing game, which I tell you, the improvement he's made as far as being a slasher is stunning. He went from a guy who was, like, almost scared to finish at the rim to last year. He's among the best in the country at finishing last year, like 91st percentile in finishing at the rim. Crazy good. So now he needs to add that, you know, three-point shot, as you mentioned. So, all right, we're going to cut to another break. We'll have our final segment here. We'll wrap up the show. Jason Walker here with Jacob Nielsen. We'll be back after this on 106.9 The Fan. 
fall is in the air and it's getting colder. Make sure your vehicle is well maintained. Valvoline Instant Oil Change in Logan across from Angie's can help. As the weather turns colder, your car needs more babying and an oil change is easy. They'll change your oil and also check other fluid levels and replace your air filters if needed. The best thing, you can stay in your car while their trained professionals service your vehicle. Valvoline Instant Oil Change, 695 North Main, open seven days a week. You're first and goal at the 10-yard line with seconds left on the clock. Your running back is poised for the game-winning touchdown, but before you can make the snap, the opposing team just takes the ball and locks it in a safe, and they won't give you the combination unless you pay them $10,000. That's exactly how ransomware works. And in 2021, two out of every three organizations fell victim to ransomware attacks. Protect your business with Les Olson Security Suite from Les Olson IT. Learn more at lesolson.com. Aegis Home Health and Hospice loves helping the people they serve. Aegis is a home health and hospice organization that lives by core values of character, experience, and trust. Every day, Aegis' goal is to help you with whatever your health care needs are and to do it wherever you need us to. Aegis, A-E-G-I-S, Aegis Home Health and Hospice. Call 723-9000 or find them at myagis.com. The Young Automotive Group is proud to announce Young Truck and Trailer Center in Cache Valley. Whether it's heavy equipment trailers, horse trailers, race car trailers, or cargo and utility trailers, we're excited to offer some of the finest trailers and flatbed work trucks to Cache Valley. Our team of experts look forward to helping you find the right truck or trailer to fit your needs, with competitive prices offered on every make and model for sale on our lot. With our extensive inventory, you'll find the best deals right here in Cache Valley. Young Truck and Trailer Center, just off Highway 89 in Logan. Think Young drive young hey that's one nice new bike josie yeah birthday present rides really smooth too oh and i see you finally got a new helmet i did bought it cheap online love those side wings <laughs> hey are you hungry yeah i'm starving and need some water too okay follow me we'll turn off here i'm right behind you Hey, watch the cars. They can be crazy. Ugh. Teddy! No! Are you okay? Teddy! Somebody do something! I called 911. They should be here soon. Was this young man hit by a car? Yes, and I'm concerned because his helmet is smashed and cracked open. It's a brand new helmet! It's probably a fake. Please help him. Fakes cause real harm. You're smart. Buy smart. Go for real. Brought to you by the National Crime Prevention Council and the U.S. Patent and Trademark Office. The Aggies, the Jazz, the High Schools, the Full Court Press on Sports Talk Radio, 106.9 FM, 1390 AM, The Fan. Final segment here on the Full Court Press. Jason Walker with you here. Our guest host, Jacob Nielsen, has been with us all show long. So thank him for coming on, filling in for Eric Franson, providing his analysis, uh, all his experience with the Utah Statesman, KSL, and uh, Herald Journal. Following a similar role I took where I just kept bouncing around different outlets. So uh, then I finally settled here. This is like the probably sixth or seventh different media outlet I've worked for in some capacity. So, I'm not saying you should follow in my footsteps. <laughs> <laughs> Just saying there's hope for you. 
you, 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 he does a great job, so we're glad to have him on. Uh, although, you know, uh, we were going to talk about uh, Major League Baseball. We kind of got distracted. Uh, I don't know. Maybe we can talk about it here really quick at the end because uh, I know you, you brought it up as something you wanted to talk about. So, uh, Phillies and Astros. Phillies and Astros. Yeah, gearing up for it. Um, I guess who, who would you pick out of those two? Astros seem to be the heavy favorite, but the Phillies have not been uh, have not been stopped by being the underdog so far. No, it's going to be an interesting World Series, and it starts tomorrow, right? And, you know, here's the thing is the Astros, since the cheating scandal, they have been so good still, which is so aggravating because you want them, <laughs> you want them to, to burn. Down. You want them to fail. And me, I... I have some uh, some biases because I I'm a Texas Rangers fan. That's my team. So I I knew that the Astros were dirty cheaters even before that was a <laughs> yeah, thing. Of course. Um, but uh, they have such a loaded roster, and again this year they're undefeated in the postseason. But to your point, the Phillies have looked like lightning in a bottle with Bryce Harper, how he has performed, especially in the NLCS. He was batting 400. He hits that t- uh, opposite field two-run home run to go up against the Padres and ultimately clinch that, the pennant. And so if you if there's going to be a team that has to face an Astros team that hasn't lost in the postseason, might as well be a team with a lot of star power, and they also got some decent pitching depth. So I'm excited for the series. Once again, going to be cheering for the Astros' demise. You know, they've lost to two national league east teams in the world series the past two times they've made the world series they lost in seven games to the nationals then i in five or six last year to the braves so now it's uh it's philadelphia's turn to uh take it to the strohs so yeah i i know jason you're gonna be just on pins and needles like I your know, whole right? your whole day is gonna be clear tomorrow to watch the world series isn't it uh not tomorrow <laughs> well i mean it depends when does it start Probably, probably prime time. I just, I just know the the baseball love that you have in your soul, and it's just, <laughs> just what you look forward to. It's what you live for. Is is October? Okay. Yeah, I do actually. I'll turn on, you know, World Series. Um, I know one time I watched several of the World Series games. That was, or maybe it was, uh, the championship, the semifinals, because uh, I had a roommate once who was a Cleveland. I guess at the time, Cleveland Indians fan. Now the Guardians. But I think the the Cleveland had made it into the Championship League series. Um, we have one text in uh, four seven eight one says Astros in four, so clearly got an Astros uh, Astros person in. <laughs> yeah, four seventy one also take another jab at you. Says I'm surprised you pronounce Astros correctly, Jay. <laughs> hey, thanks for sticking around. Yeah, the full two hours. You did a good job. He improved after uh, after Mark Cannon. Um, yeah, he's also the game. Game starts at six oh three. I guess rather specific. Uh, eight nine six eight. Uh, Texan says uh, I agree, Jason. Go darts. Uh, I do have a problem with this though, and I'm praying that this is like a text to speech failure. But uh, you spelled Jason wrong. Like almost unforgivable sin wrong. I, I you know I've seen people spell that name like that. I have a problem with putting a Y in Jason. I like. And I hope people understand. Like it's my name. It's a pretty easy name to spell. That's why I don't like Jason Tatum. Don't don't like him. Just because he spells his name wrong. Yeah, and the problem is it's not his fault. It's his parents' fault. His parents are the ones who are, who are bad. But anyway, that'll do it for us here on the show. Tune in tomorrow. 
uh, for more Full Court Press here on 106.9 The Fan. Thanks for joining us, everybody.